to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here with Sean Hughes. So don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. All the fights we talk about are up on the blog. Okay, so, uh, before we get going here, I just want to take a moment to, uh, Schwan and I want to, uh, today is uh, Remembrance Day. We call it Remembrance Day in Canada, they call it Veterans Day in the U.S., but either way, the idea is to celebrate uh, the service veterans who uh, protected us during the big wars. And so I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that, and I presume you want to do that too, as well, uh, yeah, I had a lot of family members who served, so I get I, more relatable to me than some people who never who who don't who aren't around military people a lot. But um, I always appreciate what they did because it is a sacrifice getting away from your family, your friends, and um, you know putting your life on the line or putting your time out to make sure things are better for people who have you. Well, my family came from Europe during World War One. So you can imagine that. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Anyway, a couple of other things I wanted to just mention. I posted a couple of NXT videos on my blog. Uh, the first one, Six Woman Tag Match, Toxic Attraction Heel Group, Yo uh, Shirai, uh, Casey Catanzaro, and Tate Carter. And this is going to sort of lead up to uh, the War Games match coming in December. What happened, Schwan, was that uh, Io Shirai's tag team partner, uh, Zoe Stark, she blew out her knee a couple of weeks ago during the ladder match. So, yeah, it, so Io took that bump from the ladder, and she was fine, but Zoe hurt her knee. Okay, so she had surgery. She's going to be for like six months or something like that. Okay. Wow. And, and uh, so, you know, what can I tell you? She, she blew her, she blew out her knee. She did. She did it doing a dive to the floor, and she just did a landmark. Okay? So, you know, when you're doing those kind of moves, you've got to have body control. And a lot of these girls, unfortunately, don't have the experience. This is the thing about Io Shirai. She knows, and people, she took that bump onto the ladder, and people thought she got killed. <laughs> okay? But then an hour later, she tweeted, I am not dead yet. <laughs> But that's, that's, you know, I mean, if you watch it on other angles. That, that just tells you how because you have to really be able to, like you said, control your body and sell that for people to get that response. Well, that's the thing. And the thing is, is that, of course, she was a little sore, but she doesn't get hurt doing those moves because she knows what she's doing. Yeah, there's very, I, I know, I've, I've known a couple of pro wrestlers, and there's very little room as far as margin for error with those kind of moves. That's right. That's right. But unless you're Io Shirai. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Sorry. Right. Okay. So we're going to talk, first of all, about the obvious. We had um, uh, from last Saturday, we had uh, Rosa Amazonas retained her title over Jane Riley by split decision. And I'm going to go right off. And say, I gave the fight to, I scored the fight 48-47 for Zhang. I gave her the first three rounds and rose the final two rounds. And the judges screwed it up, okay? One of the judges, a guy named uh, Michael Kelly, he scored it the same way that I did. First three rounds for Zhang. Uh, Doug Crosby, 
He scored the second round for Rose, so 48-47. And round two was close enough where it could have gone other way, either way. The third judge, uh, I can't remember his name now, but anyways, he scored it 49-46 for Rose, meaning he gave her round three. That's an awful scorecard, Schwan. Yeah, uh, I I didn't. Some people I've seen a lot of people go either way with the fighter. Some people say uh, Wiley run it running away. Some people say Rose won it running away. I ultimately think that, as you said, that second round could have gone either way. So it, I don't think either one of them really dominated. I think Wiley was more active and earlier on more efficient. Listen, can, can, can I just interrupt you here? Sure. Let me put this out there right off the top. What did I ask you last week about Rose? I remember, I'm getting old. I said after watching her on the Countdown show that I didn't think she was taking the fight seriously. And you know what? She gave the worst performance in her career. Now, you know, that was worse than her loss to Karolina Kovalkiewicz. I guess I could see an argument for that. I, I feel like Kovacavich really asserted herself more in that fight than Wiley. Let's forget about, forget about that because that's not the point. The point is she gave an awful performance and then she went the lay and pray route. What the hell? Listen, they got to start doing something about that. You know what? We don't see lay and pray in men's MMA, do we? We only see it in women's MMA. I, I, that's, that may be true, but that, that's because a lot of the men, you, you have to be a certain caliber of fighter to, to dominate someone, and most women aren't that caliber of fighter. Schwan, there's no excuse for Rose Namahunas, who's supposed to be a damn champion, to use lay and pray unless she wasn't prepared properly. Well, I, I, just like I say, you know, but um, it, to me, it's the same thing as anything else. I mean, you can use it now. If she would use it two or three rounds in a row, like in other fights we've seen recently, I'd have more of an issue. But she didn't use it two or three fights in a row. It was the last round in the championship fight, and if if Wiley can't get off her back in the the titles in the up up in the air, I I don't know what else you can say. I mean, I'm not no, saying no, no, I, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. No, 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 no. See that it's a strategy, Schwan. Okay, I, you do. You do just enough so the ref doesn't know. But the ref's got to start breaking up this shit. Okay? I understand. I understand it's a strategy. It's the same thing as stealing rounds. But people will be like, you'll hear a fighter after a fight, and they'll say, well, that person was stealing rounds. That person was just going for takedowns late to get points. Well, if you already know that, then why aren't you doing something about it? That's what I have to ask. Well, listen. It, it shouldn't. Schwan, Schwan, it shouldn't have mattered because Zhang won the first three rounds anyway. Yeah, I could I could see an argument for that, but I still think that second round could have won either. I don't feel like either one of them put a stamp on that fight that said, you know, like, hey, I dominated this person. Hey, I I really just was so much better than this person. And once again, I, either one, I feel like Wiley was more active and had more positions, but I felt the person who did the real damage or who really I thought had any any chance of really um, getting out of bad positions was Rose. Rose was never completely dominated and positionally and on the feet. Even if Wiley landed four shots to her, five shots to her one, Rose's shot would always have more of an effect than anything Wiley was throwing. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like I said, this is a, 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 a con- it was 
And what about this 49-46 scorecard? Yeah, I'm not too sure about that one. That's a little that that's kind of disrespectful just because it doesn't acknowledge whether you think whether somebody thinks she was doing damage or not. The fact that she did get the position, she did let she did have a certain amount of uh, effect on and defensively. And I'll say and I and, and and I'll say what I've said all along about this sort of this whole thing is that I think a lot of this is the result. I think there's some xenophobia going on, not only from fans, but maybe from officials. Uh, there might be. I mean, that happens in more fights than you would think. You know, people have agendas, people will have biases. So that there there does play a part of that. It didn't play a part with me, but I, I can see somebody thinking that thinking that, that plays a part because we've seen it, we've heard about it after the fact. It, multiple combat sports. So we know what happens. But Wiley, like I said, she's probably another fight or two off from getting another title fight. Um, the mm, biggest thing- I, I, uh, Listen, actually, it sets up a third fight. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to go right to a third fight, but I think she's maybe a fight or two off from one, unless Rose loses a No, it sets, it, set, it sets up a third fight. And, you know, Dana White is saying he's not going to give uh, Carla Esparza a title shot. Yeah, that's not too cool for I mean, I so get why I, he's I don't, well, you know what he's upset about? He's upset because she uh, turned down fights and told him he was going to wait. And I, he doesn't he doesn't like he, he doesn't like that. And now he says he's not going to give it to her. But I think in the end, he probably will. But, uh, you know, I, understand what he said. I, I disagree with him on this. Fighters ask for certain fights and he doesn't give them fights they want. You know, so I can't really fault a fighter for saying, you know, hey, I'm trying to stand my ground, too, because. It is the same way you look at lay and pray. Yeah, it's not cool to sit out. Yeah, it's, it's cooler to say, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. But this is not like an ego thing. And if it means I have to hold someone down for a round or I have to sit out for a couple months to get my title shot, well, you know what? This career is, has a abbreviated period of time. I don't have time to just – I don't get paid enough to take reckless chances. I can only take educated risk. Lay and pray, educated risk. Sitting outside, educated risk. I mean, we saw what happened to Joy sit out and she took her fight. She lost like what three title fights she was supposed to have because she keeps losing mm-hmm. right before. All right, Schwan. So I yeah. asked this question last week about whether uh, Rose was taking this fight seriously. She gave an awful performance, okay? So what was the problem here? Uh, I think really there's two reasons. I don't, I think she still took it seriously, but it's hard it's hard for you to come up with a game plan for somebody when you, like you said, you finish the fight so quickly and so decisively. You really don't have an idea of how strong they are, what kind of adjustments they can make. Schwan, yes. it wasn't decisive. It was a fluke. I know, but once again, the ref stopped it, so it's just decisive. I mean, it, it was stopped. My point is this, It doesn't like, matter. It, the, point, hold it. the point is, if she had gone three rounds and been winning the fight and then did that, I wouldn't call it a fluke, would I? Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe you wouldn't. I think you probably... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, listen, listen, I'm just just saying, I asked that question for a reason last week. uh Uh-huh. Okay. The same same thing that happened when Rose beat Joanna, she iced it really early. In the second fight, it was tooth and nail with Joanna. Joanna made a clear mistake as far as getting in the boxing range. In the case of Wiley, her mistake was staying in Rose's range and getting dropped. So the minute this fight came on, she was either all the way in or all the way out. She immediately took those those dynamic counters away from Rose, which Rose was looking for immediately. She took those away right away. 
expecting her to wrestle a little bit earlier, but Wiley was active with the striking, but she was all the way in or all the way out. And so the biggest improvement I saw is she wasn't a move, she wasn't a target for Rose anymore. Rose had to work and Rose started chasing her. And when Rose started chasing her, that allowed Wiley to start countering her, get those takedowns. Once Rose established her range and refused and made Wiley come in, that's when the fight turned. But early on, Rose was looking for that dynamic finish because she finished her dynamically the first time and was reaching and lunging and getting countered and getting taken out. So Wiley made one big adjustment that turned the whole whole, whole pace of the fight. And that, that's what has actually made it more competitive. So I don't think, I think Rose took it, I think Rose took it seriously, but she was like, you know, to a certain degree, I don't know what this girl can do against somebody like me because I've never, Listen, I, I didn't get a pick for her. Listen, her demeanor during that show indicated to me that she was not taking it seriously. I try. I, I always like looking at that sometimes, but sometimes fighters who just look like they're out of it, and then the the, the bell rings and boom. I mean, even in the first in the first fight, I thought she was less focused in the second fight. First fight, I was like, I don't know. You know, I, I I saw a clear path to victory, but I was like, I don't know if she's really in the right mindset. And then she does what she did in the first fight. The second fight, I felt like she was a little bit more locked in. But once again, she took away Rose's initial read, and instead of Rose resetting, Rose started chasing. You heard Trevor Whitman in the corner, stop chasing her. Make her come to you, stop chasing her. That's how she gave her the takedowns. That's how she kept getting countered. Once she decided to establish a range, Wiley didn't have an answer when Wiley was on the lead. She didn't have an answer. And I thought she fought well, but she spent a lot of energy in the rounds, and that's why in the, sec- the last, last half of the fight, she was gapped because she spent so much energy just staying in the fight, maintaining that range, getting all the way in, getting all the way out. She fought much improved, and I think in the third fight she'd be even better. But I think in the third fight, Rose Namajunas will have a little bit more respect for her and be even better too. Listen, the judges fucked up, okay? Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that argument, but I still say that second round could have went either way, which means it could have been 50-50. That's how I see that. All right, let's go on. First of all, we got to talk about Bellator because the main event of the Bellator show has – uh, Chris Cyborg defending her championship against Sinead Kavanaugh. And minute, this, this fight, this fight right. was just a minute. This fight was and your I idea. Check yet. I came up with this fight. I don't matchmaking. Please. I, after I posted that article, Cyborg's account run by her boyfriend's like, <laughs> who's Sinead O'Connor? Is she a striker? They sent me this on Twitter. I created this all. I, I I'm well. I'm well aware of it. I don't care. Easy for you to say. There's no money on the table for you. I want my money. There's no money on the table for you either. Call. I want my money. Please. The reason I don't care is I don't give a shit who faces Cyborg. Well, you are you 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 are not the biggest cyborg fan. That is true. It has nothing to do with that. There, look at is Sinead Kavanaugh a better fighter than Julia Budd? No, but she's a more interesting stylistic matchup. Please spare me with that bullshit. She is okay. There is no such thing. There is only one fighter around right now who would have a competitive match with Chris Cyborg, and she's in the UFC, okay? And Cyborg turned down a rematch. Aren't you the same? But by the, I mean, we could say that, but the fights happen for a reason. People thought Nunes would stomp Durand and me, and then she almost got choked out and almost got knocked out by her. So there can be a 
Right. It doesn't matter. The point is that Chris Cyborg, and I have said this repeatedly, Chris Cyborg does not want competitive fights. Period. That's why Kayla Harrison scares the hell out of her. I don't think Kayla Harrison scares her at all. Nah, I'm not worried about that. My point is this. Uh, oh, you know what I forgot to mention? Uh, the Bellator show. Bellator show, uh, if you're in the U.S., you watch it on Showtime. If you're most other your countries, uh, including Canada, you can watch it on YouTube. So I'll probably watch this fight. I, there's I, two other. I'm interested to see this to a degree. I was because even though you, people are going to say it's not a good fight, I feel Sinead O'Connor, Sinead, excuse me, Sinead Kavanaugh, Sinead O'Connor, Sinead Kavanaugh, stylistically, she's a very mobile fighter. She's a defensively aware. She's pretty good on the counter. She has the jab. I think the Cyborg wanted to fight because she wanted somebody who she could kind of get into extended exchanges with. Now, Schwan, Schwan, she's probably she's Schwan. She's probably never seen her. I'm giving analysis of the fight. Thank you. Now, Cyborg. I'll give you analysis. No, 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 no. I'll give you the proper analysis of this fight. Cyborg smash. I believe. That if Kavanaugh comes with the right approach, she can extend Cyborg and give her some trouble. Holly Holm, you know what? Holly Holm was able to counter Cyborg in moments and get away from her in spots using active footwork, not good footwork, off the footwork in, con- in counters. Kavanaugh isn't quite the that Holly Holm is, but she's got much better footwork and much better boxing. She's really a much better boxer than Holly Holm is. So for at least a round and a half, unless Cyborg just can hold Smasher, this should be a fairly competitive fight tactically. I mean, there's a path to victory for Kavanaugh. I don't know if she has the athleticism and the power to pull it off, but she definitely has an approach, the length, and the movement to frustrate and maybe get yeah. inside that position to counter it. Yeah, I doubt it. I, I wrote an article about it. Feel free to look it up on Twitter. Well, then you wrote it. Of course. I wrote it. That's well, the I don't – listen, listen, listen. I, 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 I think it's hilarious, Okay. Well, like I tell everybody, everybody was like, well, Shawan, you always talk crazy. I'm like, dude, remember when home fought Rousey? All y'all thought I was crazy. I said she's going to stop her. When I told you when Amisha was going to choke that home, oh, you're crazy. When I told you Rose was going to start Joanna in the first round, oh, you're crazy. When I said that if Wiley got hit hard in the face like Rose, she'd probably get dropped, that'll never happen. Hit. I, I have to go analysis. Whether it's, a, a, it's an uneven fight or a competitive fight, I still have to go by what I've seen from both fighters. Now, I'm still, it, I still have to favor Cyborg because she's a better athlete. But stylistically, if Kavanaugh's on 100%, she put some problems for her stylistically. Listen, I would, I would it'll, like be over, it'll be over in about a minute. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Kavanaugh versus a good fight. Yeah, please. All right, so there's a couple of other uh, uh, women's fights on this show, but they're both pretty crappy, right? You've got uh, uh, Arlene Blenko versus uh, uh, Pam Sorensen, Chris Cyborg's favorite fighter. Okay. Yeah, Sorensen's just like tough. She's a tough. She's a tough lady. She's more of a gritty lady. I don't know that she has. I've never really seen any skill from her. She missed weight on the first pass. Well, Cyborg thinks that she's good, but Cyborg is an idiot. Okay. Well, Cyborg probably acknowledges her. Says people are good when they're tough and they hang in. And some people mistake good for technical. She's good, tough. She won't quit. She'll try to fight her best ability. No, but she won't win the fight either. No, Blankow's uh, limited, but she's very physically 
hard, and she just she just better positionally. I guess if she got really sloppy, Sorensen might have a chance, but most likely she knocks her out early. And and the other one is is Valerie Laredo, who should probably go back to modeling. Uh, Laredo isn't bad. The biggest problem with her is she hasn't found the balance between being functionally effective with her striking. She's a better athlete than most girls she's facing. She doesn't have to resort to spinning and jumping and stuff. Stick to the basics, the jab, the, the counter body, the right cross. Um, efficient. I've talked to her coaches about this. I'm like, she's throwing this stuff unnecessarily without setting it up. She just thinks her athletes. Schwan. Yes. Schwan. She's yeah. like, who's that? Who's that other girl who thinks she's a dancer? Uh, uh, fights for Bellator. Uh, Alejandra Lara. Is it Alejandra Lara? Yeah, she there dances you go. to. The, yeah, it's the same Look, problem. You're I a think, fighter, not a dancer, right? You're a fighter, not a freaking supermodel. You know what I mean? Laura's just—they're both just limited fighters, but they have the ability to be better than they are. It's a it's dedication to the craft. Loretta has the bigger upside. She just has to decide she wants to be serious, be dynamic. It's not a show. She doesn't need to put on a show. She needs to put on win. Develop a well, she's fighting somebody she should be. Taylor something. Thank God they're giving them real development. Bellator has cost themselves millions, ruining prospects, throwing them in with fights they shouldn't be in. Yeah. Well, uh, a veteran female wrestler, pro wrestler, once told me, some girls would rather look good than have a good match. That's Valerie Laredo. Well, in every sport, that's that's men and women. All in football. Some people want the highlights. Some people want to win. Laredo, I think, still has a chance because she's a good enough athlete where she should be able to put some legitimate wins together if she stays mm. at it. But once again, like you said, she may not she may not be in it for the right reasons. But if she really wants to make money, winning will help that. If she's really about making money and getting fame, multiple wins will help that. Nothing else will help it except for wins. The wins will justify the attention. Let me ask you a question. When Rich Chow was working for Bellator, how many fighters like this did he sign? Like about a half a dozen? Yeah. Yeah, I so would say so. He he's he's known for doing that. He fought uh, Ovechkin. Uh, There's another girl, Russian girl. They were really attractive. They could fight a little bit, but they weren't. They always miss weight or something of that nature. But um, their eyes on the thing, and I understand that. But ultimately, when you draw eyes, that's what that's what separates Conor McGregor and everybody else, the bigger stars. When they got attention, they perform. So it's okay if you get attention. I don't care if you get. Easy fights your entire career. When your big fight comes, I need you to execute. And that's where some of these female fighters fall short. But they're not being developed directly some of the time because they're in it for the wrong reasons. And they're not being trained by camps. So I know Loretta's in a good camp. I feel that she's really focused on making money. She'll really buckle down and she should be able to fight and beat a ranked person within sometime this year or the next year. I think she, didn't she get Didn't she get yelled at a lot for that, her last fight? Yeah, because you kept doing that spinning nonsense. They're like, sit down on your punches and throw jabs. Stop spinning. Stop throwing these kicks. You're winning the fight. See, this, this is the problem with her. She does shit like that, and it doesn't work. Hey, All right. they, anyway. Get a, tight, a top break win, Loretta can find some way, because WMMA is not as high caliber as men. So if MVP can do it, if she focuses, she can do it too. All right. Let's move on to Saturday. And I just wanted to mention, first of all, that because it's on during the day, uh, the in Canada that show will not be on 
TSN. It will be on UFC Fight Pass. That's the I believe, the entire show. And the there's the women's match on the main card, which again doesn't belong there. It is at featherweight. Felicia Spencer versus Leah Letson. Now, Felicia Spencer, we're all familiar with her. She's originally from Canada, Montreal to be exact. Uh, she trains in Florida. Leah Letson, we haven't seen her like since 2018. Schwan. She was yeah. in tough twenty. She was in tough twenty eight. She's from uh, 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 Wisconsin, okay. And after tough twenty eight, I think she's had quite a bit of uh, injury problems. She's not a very good fighter anyway. The funny thing about her is that she was not at the tryout camp for tough twenty eight. Eh? Yeah, um, it's weird. It, the whole story with her is very weird. I- She's had a lot of no, no. You know what it is? You know what it is? She was originally signed as a as a uh, bantamweight, and then when uh, Tough Twenty Eight came along, they thought she was big enough that she could be a, a feather. Uh, sorry, a, fe- a featherweight, and um, they needed a fighter. Like when 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 I saw a list of the fighters that were at the Tough Twenty Eight tryouts, I wrote an article on my blog that I didn't think there were enough fighters there. I didn't think they had enough of a, uh, like there were like 28 fighters there. And I said, I didn't think they would find enough fighters for the show. And it tur- that turned out yeah. to be true because they brought in two fighters that were not at the tryouts. The election being one of them. Yeah, the, the the featherweight thing always ends up going badly because everybody just knows they don't want to be there. And they go right to Bantamweight. So they always undercut themselves. Well, the narcissist still wants to be a featherweight, huh? Letson isn't, the thing with either one of these is, Letson is kind of like a version of Megan Anderson. She's she's a big, strong striker, a fairly limited one. She's not a dynamic athlete, in my opinion. She's a limited grappler. And, um, you know, she can keep a fight on the feet. It's going to be kind of a messy, technical brawl. But she can outlast people and outwork them. And that's basically how she is. When somebody's able to tie her up, get her into clinches, extend her, bully her, she tends to get submitted or get out positioned and whatever goes with that. The fact that she's got the record she has says more about the competition she's facing, says about her skills. Uh, she's been out for three years. I think it's been mostly health reasons, so I don't know how much better she's gotten. And Spencer, the only question I have about Spencer is, I don't, I don't know that Leah Letson is better than Norma Dumont. I, don't, I know she's not better than Amanda Nunes. I don't know that she's better than Megan Anderson. The question is, what does Spencer have left? I still believe that fight with Amanda Nunes probably could have been stopped at least two rounds earlier. And when I believe the damage she took really took something away from her. And she was already not a great athlete. She was already not dynamic. And I think she lost something in that fight. So once again, the question is just, does she have enough to take punishment, fight through to get to the clinches and get to the types and get to the takedowns? She's not an explosive type grappler, wrestler. She's not really a reactive takedown person. She kind of just imposes her will and gets her hands on you. But if, if her chin's not there or her willingness to w- walk through fire isn't there, then Lesson's going to beat her. If she has it still, because Lesson doesn't hit harder than Nunes. She's not more technical than more technical than Dumont. So I think she can get her to the ground and finish her. It just depends on where her mind's at and, and if her body holds up anymore. I really believe that fight against Nunes changed the direction of her career dramatically. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the fight. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, so what's the second fight, Sean? I can't remember the names now. Is Lee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cynthia Cal. It was supposed to be Jessica I versus Andrea Lee, and Jessica's ill, so they brought in Cynthia Calvillo. And uh, again, I'm not. 
crazy about the fight. Cynthia these days is training at the UFC PI in Vegas. Who runs that? Sorry? Who runs that? I mean, I know it's a place, but who runs it? Who's the head coach? I don't know. I think there's several. I think there's several. Oh, my God. Andrea Lee these days, uh, she's actually been spending some time in Colorado with um, Raquel Peddington and uh, Tisha Torres. Uh, but she's also her home base is Portis at, um, in uh, Houston. All right, and I'm not really crazy about this fight. I don't really care much for either fighter. The uh, thing that I don't really care that much who wins. The thing that makes this fight interesting, and I, I'll talk about the actual matchup late in a second, is the fact that is the fact that Valentina is basically cleaning out the division. So it's like when Mighty Mouse was winning. If you can win one or two fights the right one or two fights, you're basically going to get a title fight. Andrea Lee's already beaten her sister. There's a storyline there. She beats Calvillo fairly convincingly. She might have an argument. She, I, If I was her, I'd call out Valentina. Be like, I already took out your sister. I want you next. And she might have a legitimate argument in getting a title fight. That's what makes this division, this what makes this fight have any value. You're really only a fighter to fight. You really are. The way yeah. Valentina is putting everything out. As far as the yeah. matchup, I think the matchup's the same fight. I mean, because Jessica I, the way Jessica I fights now and the way Cal, Cal, Cynthia Calvillo fight is a little similar now. Calvillo kind of just uses her length, her footwork moves around a lot, throws a pretty high volume. Technical, she's functional with her striking. She's intelligent and she's functional with striking. She's not really technical. Lee is technical, but she doesn't hit hard and she gets by on volume. Really, if, if Calvillo wants to beat Lee, there's already been a blueprint. Or grapplers who know how to strike who beaten Lee. Lauren Murphy, Rocky Matafari, and Jessica I have already proven this point. So in theory, this should be Cynthia Calvillo easy. Cynthia Calvillo was beaten up pretty badly a couple months ago, and I don't know mentally she's recovered from that. Now, Andrea Lee danger, but still, mentally, you may not be there. You might not have enough time to flip that switch and get, get back on there. If she canceled the switch, she should win this fight competitively, but still pretty decisively if she hasn't. Lee's going to outwork her and, and possibly submit her. I don't think that's very likely, but it could happen if, if Cynthia Calvillo isn't isn't 100% in on this. Well, I mean, Andrea Lee doesn't punch hard enough to break an egg. You know, She doesn't, but she, does, she throws a lot. Yeah, and but she misses, she misses mostly. Yeah, she does, but it, it allows it, – against a certain caliber – when she fought Valentina's sister, Antonina, her volume has basically kept her in the fight because – Anthony was a better technician, but she kept throwing until she landed the right shot. And then from that point yeah. on. Yeah, likely- I don't like I don't like either of them because they're both trying to get by on their looks. Yeah, I, I'm thinking what's gonna happen is Lee's gonna try to throw volume. At some point, they're gonna be at a range for a while. At some point Cynthia hit a reactive takedown. And from that point on, she should be able to determine the, the direction of the fight if she's if she's she's locked in. And Lee's improved to a certain degree. Her technique's a little bit cleaner. And she's focused more on her transitional submissions and being able to fight off her back. But ultimately, you still can't change the fact she can't really hit hard. You can't really change the fact that because she throws so much volume, she often tires herself, her own self out later in fights. And she's still not very much of a wrestler. Okay, let's go on to the other one because I'm tired of this one. Uh, we have Courtney Casey versus Liana Jojua. And that's at uh, Flyweight, I think. And Courtney, Courtney's been around the UFC for a while, but she's basically kind of stuck in the lower mid card, okay? And uh, uh, Liana, as far as I know, she still, still trains at um, uh, 
MMA, uh, whatever the hell it is in Phoenix. Okay. MMA lab in Phoenix. Yeah, she's I thought you switched camp. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Liana Jojua is from Georgia. No, not that Georgia, but from the Russian country, Georgia. But she lives in Florida. She trains at MMA Master. Uh, right. Again, uh, listen, if, if Courtney loses this match, sayonara. Yeah, Courtney Casey, They Courtney, there's two fighters. Actually, there's three. I forgot the other one. She's a blonde kickboxer, but I can't remember her name. Um, her, Courtney Casey, and Randa Marcos are really the lowest <laughs> lowest IQ fighters in WNBA and MMA. They just they just do the most ridiculous things, and they really haven't developed at all. Especially Marcos and Casey. Casey's been the same fighter for like the past five years, and the worst part is she's lost some of her athleticism. So the stuff she used to get by on with big moments of offense, she no longer can do. And she hasn't developed enough of a skill set to, to to make up for the lack of athleticism she has. With all her size, all her length, she chooses the most ridiculous fight plans. And she still hasn't really learned how to wrestle at all. It's quite shocking. As, as good a spinner she can be on the ground, she's such a terrible wrestler. Um, Juana, her problem is she's just not good against great athletes. So in theory, Courtney Casey should be able to take her down or really just even beat her up on the feet. Because Courtney Casey's still a bigger, stronger, better athlete than her. But Courtney Casey tends to fight ridiculously stupid, so you never know what she's going to do, to be quite honest. But Courtney Casey probably has to be the figure, favorite. More experience, better, probably bigger hitter, probably bigger and stronger, more durable. Uh, if she had fought with even a modicum of intelligence, I'd say it was a guarantee she wins. But she has never fought with a modicum of intelligence, and that's why she keeps losing. So, Schwann, I wonder if this is the last fight on Courtney's contract. And- the reason I asked that question is because we got word yesterday that Random Marcos is no longer on the UFC roster. Okay? And she was not released. Her contract expired, and they're just not offering her a new contract. Yeah, there's no need to. You, you, you've seen what you can from her. She doesn't, she's not fun. She doesn't play up attractiveness, and she's not winning. So there's no real angle you can use to push her in – She's not winning dynamically, so even when she, there's no reason you've got you've gotten everything you can out of her. Courtney Casey is in a very, very similar situation. So I'm thinking that Courtney might get released, might get released, or a contract might be up, and she might be gone, regardless of whether she wins or not. Because this that's yeah, what happened to Randa. It'd be best for her to win because I see other organizations that need live bodies with people with names who, who who have competed against a certain level of opponent in another organization, she could probably put two or three wins together. You put her her around in, in Bellator, they probably win two two fights right away. Or yeah, I could see her I, I could see her going to Bellator. Randa is a strawweight, so I don't see her going to Bellator. I see her uh, going to Invicta probably. That's true, but I think she's a good enough athlete and a strong enough fighter against the Bellator flyweight, she could still compete. I believe that. Well, we'll see if she does that or not. We don't know. Any comment on uh, the the uh, random Marcos thing? Uh, like I said, I mean, I don't know what else they could do with her. It, you can use her as a journeyman if she's winning as much as she's losing. But I get the impression that she's not easy to deal with, for one. Like I said, what's the other angle you see? With other girls who we com- you complain about them signing, like she didn't deserve to be here, at least you could say, well, she's attractive and you could play up this. She's young. You can play at that. Random Marcus isn't young. 
She doesn't play up attraction. She doesn't like to be a media figure and, and create interest and exciting like an Angie, Angela, Angela Hill who creates interest in herself. Marcos just shows up and fights. And most likely she shows up and loses now. So there's no value to her. You've gotten everything out of her. You can. Or can do something with somebody like that or say something with somebody like Casey. But at this point, there's nothing you can do with someone like that. You've given her every opportunity to make a presence or be a better fighter. She's done neither. You got to let it go at some point. The one thing you might see with Randa is that she uh, might work for uh, Canadian companies. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? If the UFC called her all of a sudden and said, hey, we have a last second fight, somebody dropped out, will you come in? She'd come running anyway. So it's fine. Okay. Anything else, Schwan, or is that it? Just got poker. In fact, I'm going to call some people who know him, and I need my money because I created this fight and I want my money for it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, go through my tweet history. You see her asking me questions. Why? Why are they asking me questions? But her, of course, Kavanaugh's <sighs> management. Her management did all the hard work. They created interest for this fight. Sure, you did. I I said this like a year ago, and all of a sudden it happened. I I guess I had no part in it. Whatever. Yeah. Why don't I care about this fight? Oh yeah. Also, not only I was top notch matchmaker. Julia Villa, you still have not contacted me. If you lose again, it's not my fault. I tried to help you. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, are you finished? Yes, sir. Okay. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. I put up all the uh, UFC fights on my blog. If you have any comments or questions for uh, either my blog or my podcast, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.